Welcome to episode eight of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. I am here with uh, two esteemed members of the league, and I think esteemed is the word you use when you're talking about old. Um, so the three of us definitely bringing up the age contingent. I've got Mr. Gary Baker and Mr. Chris Rawlins. Say hello, guys. Hello, hello chaps. Hello Obviously, better known as the Ballings duo in uh, in this case. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, we're all, we're obviously uh, get you know get getting used to the podcast format now. We had a record twenty downloads this week, so you know really starting to break into the uh, into the podcast stratosphere. I was talking to Kyle last night, and Spicy D has been doing some podcast research, and uh, she reckons that there's only three UK only fantasy football podcasts plus us. So we are now the fourth. I don't know how good that research is. Um, so Kyle had some suggestions on uh, ways to improve our listenership. I'm ignoring all of those. Um, <laughs> Content but, is king. Yeah, his 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 idea was largely, oh, let's make it a little less niche about our own league. And I was like, no, that's not why I started this. No. I mean, it's great <laughs> to be top five, isn't it? Um, exactly. Already, already, this is my highest fantasy football placing of the season, being in fourth. So, <laughs> in all my other leagues i am um, this is dizzy heights this is nosebleed territory but um yeah for any new listeners this week you should not be getting any stats or hot takes uh my preparation is is not up to standard that's gone before so listen to the other se- seven episodes i would say don't worry mate i've, I've got lots of stats I've, this been, week. I've, I've, I've wasted my entire day coming up with some, uh, some zingers <laughs> So much like our team uh, management, Baker does ninety-five percent of the work. So fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> might explain why we're why we're so far down the league. That might he come does. up in the questions <laughs> later on. <laughs> he does know what he's doing. I had it off now. He does. <laughs> All right. So usual format: headlines, uh, breakdown of last week. Looking forward to next week. Then, much like we did last week when we did a special feature on rookie review, we're going to do a little half-season review. Uh, with you guys and then we'll we've got some questions in from the listeners which now makes it sound like an official podcast all right awesome cool well let's get started then so headline number one kind of like always look, try to address something from last week so this week is the what i'll call the parsons controversy uh kyle we said on last week's podcast had beaten franco turns out he hadn't uh, because um, the NFL had incorrectly allocated uh, a sack by uh, Micah Parsons to a different uh, Dallas Cowboy defensive end. And uh, in the stat corrections on Wednesday night, uh, Parsons' score got adjusted up by uh, by a solid 10 points. And as a result of that, Kyle lost. Uh, I think it's fair to say Kyle is not happy about it. Uh, he has mentioned it to me at least once a day since it happened and is blaming uh, me. Um, I'm not sh- quite sure how, but, you know, such is life. I, he, he should blame Mika Parsons. I didn't realise that he lobbied the NFL on Twitter he to did. get the change. Because it was important to him, wasn't it? Because it made him, like, the highest amount of sacks for, for a second-year player or something like that. Wow, I mean that's what every, that's what everyone wants. It's got to be worth a bit of bonus bonus money somewhere in that contract, probably. Um, certainly, I, yes. I think I think um, I think this. Although Kyle has been in touch with you, I think this has almost gone too much under the radar in the league, and and maybe that's because Franco is now Mister Limited. So uh, <laughs> I think that 
if anything, give me more controversy like this, um, especially when Kyle's on the receiving end, because um, that guy loves to stir the pot. So I think, you know, let's have some more of it. Spike, just just start making up some stats. Uh, <laughs> make your own corrections out of throw a few in. I'm always up for that. that. I, yeah, I can't believe, you know, it was kind of landed um, quite tamely, I think. I was expecting a bit more of a, you know, a backwards and forwards between the two guys, but yeah. Well, I'll also point out that had Kyle picked his best team that week, he would have beaten Franco, even if Franco <laughs> had beaten his best team. So really, he should be looking inwardly at himself uh, in many, many different facets. This is really just his fault. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not Franco's fault that he's he played Mika Parsons and Mika Parsons was wrongly uh, attributed with a with a sack. So Kyle just needs to pick a better starting like roster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's thematic for Kyle, as we'll find out later when we do the season in review. So hang on, who beat us last week? Well, Kyle oh. beat us this week. So I mean, we've got. I mean, we've got beef with him anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> he picked his roster okay, I guess, this week. Uh, well, yeah, he picked his roster. Yeah, it's fine. We'll come to that. But um, yeah, you know. Uh, actually, he didn't. Um, but, you know, we'll come back to that. That's fine. Uh, right. Moving on. Next headline. So I've got this down as the biggest score in fantasy football week uh, so far this season. Um, the median score was the highest uh, by about six points uh, over the the weeks one and two, which were big scoring weeks as well. Um, You kind of just felt that when you were watching Red Zone on Sunday and like the touchdowns were just absolutely flying in. It was a really entertaining week of Red Zone. Um, I mean, yeah, was it? um, Our highest scoring player was Josh Allen with 25 points. So (laughs) we didn't really get that feeling that everyone else got. Allen's normally our highest scoring player, so that's not unusual. Um, but he had a relatively low 25 points. Every other team had multiple players above 25 points. Um, so, yeah, I think most people got that feeling, but it, it yeah, we yeah, we definitely didn't. And it's just that, I mean, it was it's a it was a combination of some of the old trusty, old faithful players and some randoms who were really taking advantage of a situate of their sort of situation just slamming in points left, right and centre and none of them are on our team. Um, and then the fact that Alan was like the late game, we didn't even get that. So we didn't even, like, I didn't even see any of like his, his points. So we were just languishing in a kind of mediocre pile of turd for most of the time. I mean, it was entertaining from a new, as a neutral and obviously everybody else was having their like, they all had one player and it was like, oh my God, he scored another touchdown. We uh, we didn't get it. It was yeah, it was good. It was it was very entertaining. It was definitely a running back dominated week. Some absolute monster scores, which we'll get to in a minute. I mean, but, um, you got a touchdown from Kyle Pitts. What more can you ask for? I know. Well, I mean, that's. I feel like we had to trade that Kyle Pitts touchdown so that every other of our players were turd. So I think you know <laughs> we made a deal with the devil there to get that one across the line. Um, yeah. But yeah, career game. Bakes is right. The running backs absolutely splashed. I I feel like um, fantasy football kind of needed that week. It needed that kind of big play week. There was so much of it going off. The games were were, were good fun, and it feels like um, feels like the season arrived a little bit uh, 
yeah. at the weekend, um, if if not for us. But yeah, yeah that's a great, great week. Blends into my next headline, which was it was the weekend of uh, weekend of Hattos. So we had five five different hat tricks. Um, if you kind of count CMCs, which is a little bit a little bit weird because he had the passing one, but you had Foreman with three, AJ Brown, Kamara, Pollard, and CMC all with. Uh, three touchdowns, which is uh, bloody amazing if you own any single one of those players. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought this up and not because we were facing Kamara in the breakaway league, but because I've got beef with my co-manager here because he basically owes me a chilli. Um, he was guilty of a concession at 7.14pm on Sunday from another a league. very light concession. concession. Um, <laughs> a concession nonetheless um, at 7.14pm. He then had three players on his roster, all right, he's only started two of them, uh, who went on to get, you know, the triple touchdown involvement. Uh, so, you know, it was a classic Baker concede, you know, then a little bit of a backtrack around midnight once he realised he was in strong position. Well, that, just when like I woke a... up on Tuesday, I almost resigned um, from from the board <laughs> combination, but I thought I'd miss the, the podcast too much. So, <clears throat> In my defence, my quarterback had minus points at that stage. And Alvin Kamara had just run in his third fucking touchdown, and uh, it was it wasn't it wasn't going well. But um, yeah, I mean, I I was not predicting. You could just could not predict McCaffrey's performance. I, I mean, outrageous. He Jimmy G has yet to score a passing touchdown of over thirty yards, or he's just got one. I think. Yeah, he got season. one later in that game. Later in that game, and McCaffrey did it in two games. Um, yeah, first player since 2005 to throw, rush, and catch a touchdown, yeah. and the first player with over 30 passing, rushing, and receiving yards in a game since 2018, when he did it before. The guy's a monster. What a trade! It must be. It must be. Um, must be hard to uh, to keep a lid on the excitement spike. Being our resident Niners fan, I mean, yeah. you get a performance like that week two. I mean, week week one, he he'd flown in and basically stepped off a plane. Um, but week two, one week into the the offense, you must be finding it hard to keep a lid on on that excitement. Yeah, uh, I am, and beating the Rams as well. I. I always get excited about beating the Rams. The kids always laugh at me whenever we're whenever we play the Rams because I'm like jumping around celebrating, uh, and they just like take basically take the piss out of me um, because I get so excited about it. So yeah, last week like watching McCaffrey, who just looks like a great trade, and seeing us beat the Rams and watching Matt Stafford crumble and Sean McVay not being able to coach was friggin' delightful. Yeah. It was good watching that late. Second. It was a good watch. It was a great game. I mean, he's just a, it's, he's an incredible player. Yeah. Um, you know, the, for the other hat tricks, Kamara's Kamara's game was coming. Like, it's not like he hasn't been he, he hadn't scored, but he'd been utilized loads. He was he was getting loads of like good good number of targets every game, getting around about twenty rushing attempts. He was getting chunk plays, putting up numbers just wasn't getting in the end zone so i mean it was always going to happen he's quality yeah. and then obviously foreman and pollard they just really made the most of the fact that mccaffrey's gone and zeke was injured like pollard's been more efficient than zeke most of the season but they just give him all of the goal line touches so he's, it hasn't turned into touchdowns and then as soon as zeke's not there he just bowls in for three 
Yeah, he had a better game than Zeke's had uh, in his entire career, I think, statistically. <laughs> um, so, And then, of course, you get Jerry Jones coming out and going, we go as far as Zeke goes, and you're like, okay. I mean, I don't hate it because I don't like the Cowboys. So, yeah, keep riding Zeke and his 3.4 yards per carry. It's, it's, it's mad. I mean, Pollard seems happy enough, but, like, it's, I guess he's just waiting for Zeke to just finally keel over. <laughs> but whether or not he can take the sort of bell cow role and, and be that guy, like... Week in, week out, yeah. Like, I mean, Zeke, Zeke is a monster. He just, you know, he's, he, you can't put him down. But Pollard, whether or not he can, he can really take on that amount of work, I don't know, but... You know, in, in flashes, he's absolutely insanely good. Yeah. Cowboys are a dangerous team this year. Yeah, I mean, Dak looked great as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got to be chuffed, sat there at five and two, getting through that. I mean, how many de- games did Dak miss? Four? Was it four or five? But um, they, they've got to be chuffed to, to kind of come through that unscathed. And he, he did look good. I know it was only the, the, the Bears, but um, he was moving that offence really well. He had a few wheels there. I think he got about 30, 40 yards rushing and a touchdown. So, yeah, I think, yeah, dangerously dangerously good in the background, I think, for the Cowboys. Yeah. And talking of the Bears, they have, have actually started to, I mean, they're not looking great, but Justin Fields is definitely the kind of form rookie quarterback at the moment. He needs to brush up on the rules because talking of Mika Parsons, like, that was just mental, but um, yeah, he's, he's he seems to be sort of driving the offense, and they're they're actually letting him throw it a little bit more and run a bit more. Where they were just he, he, they were just basically containing him for the first few weeks, and he's just you know getting absolutely nothing done. Um, he's kind of he's become sort of fantasy relevant, and he's brought some of their wide receivers into relevancy as well. They're not huge, but you know you wouldn't have touched anyone, I don't think, on the Bears team. Maybe Montgomery, but now Herbert's involved. I think I think there are some fantasy assets on that on that side. Yeah, and obviously they traded for Claypool this week as well, which gives them a, a big option on the outside. Mooney, you know, is is a bit more slight, but he's he's a very good route runner. So, you know, they are looking a little bit better. Like you said, Fields is now relevant. He's had four games over twenty fantasy points in the last two games over thirty there he's throwing the ball more accurately and they have decided to let him do some design runs so you know i don't think chicago are going to be any shakes you know they've traded away half their defense now but um at least you can think about starting a chicago bear in, in your fantasy team though yeah yeah for sure should we um should we uh, given that we've got a nice little segue there into the trade should we jump ahead and, and do the trades and then slip back to some of the other headlines we've got because it was a big Big old trade deadline. I can't remember one like this with so many trades going down. You know, particularly if you include the CMC in the NFL one. since 1990 in a single day. Is that right? Amazing Eight trades. Most trades since in a single day since 1990. So f- fantasy relevance. We obviously talked about Claypool, who have a I think a, a good role in Chicago, and you know it probably helps the Steelers players as well in terms of fantasy relevance. So pickings and. Deontay, because they're not spreading those targets around. Um, yeah. Hawkinson, what do you think of Hawkinson at the Vikings? Well, they, I guess it's divisional trade, isn't it? It's, it's in division, I think. And they obviously had a good look at him over the last couple of years. He had that splash game on uh, the weekend of the Stag Do. Um, yeah. 
but I mean, I think they've they've thought they've got to shore that up because of uh, of Smith being made of glass. I think he's down again with an injury, so they're going to look to shore up the tight end position, you know, because of injury. I think that Vikings off offense is is doing okay. I'd say they're slightly slightly under par of where you'd hope they'd be this year. Jefferson started really well, um, and then slightly you know got a quiet quiet sort of spell in him. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good move for for player and Viking. Um, I think, you know, that's a, a fit for them. And and as I said, you know, Irv Smith, yeah, I think he missed so much time last year. And then this is his second injury of this year. So good yeah. for both. It's, I, both it's, men, it's mad, but I, I can't really explain how the Vikings are six and one. They haven't really, you don't ever watch. Doesn't feel like they've clicked. Zone and just feel like they're an unbeatable side. And, I mean, but you know they're winning. They're getting stuff, getting it done. And Cousins to tight ends is one of the worst in the league. Um, you know his his completions in his air yards to tight ends is just basically last in in the whole league. So, and it's only I think Hawkinson is a good is a good acquisition for them, and they're obviously going for it. You know, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do in the playoffs, but you've got to think they're probably get they're probably there. Yeah, if it, well, it feels like they're going to win that division because uh, the Packers seem like they're toast, which I think we said last week. I don't see them putting together enough wins. Um, so Vikings will probably win the division, make the playoffs. I think they go as far as Kirk goes, which is not very far. Um, but you give give a guy enough weapons and and maybe he makes a run of it. Maybe they make the Super Bowl. Um, you know, because the NFC is that bit weaker, they they they. I think they will struggle to get past the Cowboys and the Eagles. Um, you know, that's what I was really, thinking. Really you know, the Eagles, the Eagles have got their number surely. But I think, like the way I feel about the Vikings is, they're like whoever said it just then. They're six and one, kind of unnoticed without really exploding. And I know Jefferson started well, but it feels like you know, one of these weeks ahead Jefferson or Cook or you know they're going to go off and and someone's going to take a bit of a pasting from them um it just hasn't quite happened yet but it's not a bad position to be in at six and one um but yeah you know can they get past the Eagles it doesn't look that way at the moment but <laughs> no the Eagles at the power of the NFC don't they look just invincible at the moment yeah that oh, really yeah. strong that really really strong NFC so uh I've got a Trades for a pair of uh, pair of running backs, or three if you include Chase Edmonds, which I don't. Um, so Naeem Hines uh, going up to Buffalo, and, and Jeff Wilson headed down to uh, to join his old coach in Miami uh, and and form the San Francisco, um, you know, twenty twenty backfield again in Miami this time. I'll I'll throw this over to our resident Dolphins fan in, in a second because I'm I'm not up to speed on the trades, but. Um, I did try to persuade Baker to pick up Naeem Himes um, this week off waivers and, and we were sort of backwards and forwards, you know, most, you know, being a co-manager, you have to kind of like get things agreed and that. And um, I don't know who got him, but they didn't they bid like $48 and that does seem a little rich. I know we've got a $500 <laughs> budget, but. It was, it was Val. It was Val. Was it Val? Oh every, yeah, Val. Every who really needs a running back. <laughs> yeah, he's really short at running back. That uh, Josh Valoroso. So let's get nine Hines on our roster. Um, but anyway, I tried to to you know persuade Bates to get him on, and we put a short bid in. But 
But Valen well has that's your that's your twelfth running back now, I think. Valen yeah. has an uncomfortable obsession with Naeem Hines. Like honestly, the guy's owned him so many times over the years. It's uh, it's creepy to be honest. Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously they're both. You know, the Bills are a divisional rival, and I'm not like shitting my pants about the fact that they picked up Naeem Hines. It's a, the Bills' running game is just weird. Obviously, Josh Allen throws the ball an awful lot, and they like and I mean, Singletary is not like a you know he's good and he can have great games. And I think that you know James Cook has kind of been coming into the games more. They they seem to be sort of pushing him in, and you know it, there's a, there's a, often a kind of feeling that after the bye week, rookies kind of get schemed into into more plays. So I I just assumed that Cook was going to be sort of put in more than he had been but and then Heinz is just he's just muddying that water but at the end of the day Alan throws it to all his like myriad of receivers and doesn't really give a shit about the running backs so my, my thinking on it was that Naeem Heinz is a really good pass blocker so he, he I, don't, I don't doubt Cook is at this stage because he's a rookie quite a slight guy um, I, exactly I, w- I wonder whether they've well, whether they've got Hines because you know on those third down plays you know he's he's going to give Josh Allen that extra 0.3 of a second that he needs to you know to to laser in on someone and you know all and these if anybody edges... needs some more time in the pocket it's Josh Allen because he's yeah. he's so inaccurate frighteningly yeah. good <laughs> for, and for the Dolphins yeah I mean Jeff Wilson's a great you know get rid of Edmonds and bring in Wilson who was playing really well for the 49ers I you know he's he's been doing really well in uh Mitchell's absence and it's a great move for him because he's gone obviously down the pecking order with CMC coming in and yeah you know knows the coach has has worked with uh most of before I it's I think it's only a positive for for Miami's running game they just got they fit both remember that remember that Raiders track team they had with like Darius Haywood Bay and and others like that. This is what the Dolphins team feels like now with um you know Moster and Jeff Wilson quick. and Waddle and Hill. It's like rapid, isn't it? It I mean it yeah. Everybody's just yeah, it's just it's very exciting. It's been an exciting season. Like tour is I think is legit. Um we're with five and oh with him starting. And we're five and three of the season, and that's just because of Teddy Two Gloves just couldn't get it done, and whoever the the other guy, <laughs> the other guy, <laughs> the other um, guy, the, the the sixth round rookie. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting, and I'm I'm glad because we haven't had a good running game for for eight, like years. So as long as they stay healthy, I'm, I think it's a great trade, and and the um, Chubb is a is a great like defensive pickup because we desperately desperately need yeah some help on that side of the field because we're winning games we're, we're like newcastle 96 where we are winning games solely by just trying to score more points than we concede um yeah i don't fine. i don't know yet how to assess like the fantasy implications of defensive players getting traded like obviously roquan smith went to the Ravens and and obviously Chubb going to the Dolphins. Like we've got the IDP player this year. I don't I don't know whether that's good or bad for them. Like they're they're both great players. I don't know. Like I haven't yeah. kind of worked out what all this IDP stuff. I mean, really... he's like got the third 
third quickest, like off the edge, um, like percentage in the league this season so far. So he's, you know, he's good apparently. Yeah. But can he make a really shit D better? Probably, but you know, you can't do it all himself. No. So, oh, we'll see. Um, right, like circling back on some of the other headlines we got, I've got uh, one there, and I, I think you've got to mention the Rumbler versus the Texans, just not just for the one game, but just for the career that this guy has got versus the Texans. Four consecutive games over 200 yards. Uh, that's more than any other player since 1950. He's now got the most touchdowns in franchise history. And uh, if you ignore the two games when he wasn't the starter versus the Texans, he has in nine games, 1,238 yards and 11 touchdowns just versus the Texans. That is an absolute domination. Yeah. He also <clears throat> ties Titans running back Eddie George for the most consecutive games with at least two rushing scores versus a single opponent. Yeah. Yeah, completely I, um... dominant. I prefer not to speak in the words of Jose Mourinho. Um, if I speak, I'm in big trouble. So um, I know the Rumbler holds a special place in the hearts of you, Spike, and, and some of our listeners. Um, and you can keep that special little thing. So I'm not going to come. Don't worry. We'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to it at the end. <laughs> um, last one then. Uh, Brady. I, I was sort of, I, look, I watch him, and I think we've said this in a couple of podcasts. It looks done, but you look at his stats and doesn't quite kind of work out that way. His his percent completion percentage is career average. Uh, his yards per attempt slightly below, but not much. The only thing that's really off is his touchdown percentage, which is I, I think his touchdown percentage is two point six percent of his passes versus a career of five point four, which sort of makes me think well. Is this more of a receiver's issue than it is a, a Brady issue? It's a Gronk um, issue. You think as a yeah, I, I, there is that, isn't he? He's so reliant on on having Gronk in the end zone. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to work out because to the eye test, he looks done, and that's all the narrative. But the numbers don't quite back it up yet. Well, did Bakes mention Kamara earlier? And it's coming. You know, it's coming, keeper. Um, I mean, I hope he's not done, not just being a Bucks fan. I think when I was on last and you asked me that after week three or four, whenever it was, I said, you know, he's better than PJ Walker and bloody, you know, Mariota. Well, it turns out he's not at the moment. But <laughs> I mean, I hope he's not done because our hopes as the Borlins duo kind of rest very much in his sort of old arthritic hands. So um, we knew when we drafted him, he was a one season loan. But we thought he had the fantasy potential. You know, we got him in the 14th round. You know, drafting him there allowed us to pick up such talented names as Cole Komet and Alan Robinson even earlier. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I hope he's not. You're right. There's something underlying, isn't there? If you're a guy who follows the stats and plays the odds, you'd say that there's a breakout around the corner. Um, got a lot going on in his personal life. You know, he's a human being after all. You know, maybe that that's impacting... Some of it, I, I don't know, but he's certainly, certainly not in the top five conversation anymore like he was 12 months ago. You know, he was, you know, he was, he was, he was there or thereabouts. And, and unfortunately, um, I, I don't know where he sits now in QB rankings, but, you know, he's probably, he's probably barely a QB two, I think, in our eight man league. So um, I don't know what you think, Bakes, but we, we're kind of backed into a bit of a corner with Brady because it's not just him, it's then Evans and Fournette 
its reliance on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of knew it. We didn't obviously intend on drafting mostly Bucks, but they just happened to fall to us <laughs> in the draft. And it's like, we can't just, we can't not take Evans at this point. Well, we took Evans first and then we did, we, we consistently just pushed back on drafting our second quarterback. And then when it, it was Brady and you're like, it's Brady. And, you know, he, he's, he's been written off before. He's proved people wrong. And like you say, Spike, his stats this year are pretty much on par with like, not, not his career necessarily, but his time in Tampa as well. Yeah. He's pretty much on, but attempts, completions, yards, it's pretty much bang on exactly the same as the last two years. His predicted touchdowns, so in 2020, he got 40 touchdowns. In 2021, he got 43. If he continues it the way that he's playing now, then the predicted touchdowns is only 18. So to cut his touchdowns in half over a season, that's where the point's coming from. Now, it, yes, probably is a receiver. You know, he's, they've, they've been hit by injuries and, and Mike Evans just hobbles around all over the place, but still manages to catch, it normally catches touchdowns. The other week, he somehow managed to drop like a 60-yard bomb that, uh, that was the t- that was a big turning point. Like if if Evans had hauled in that basic catch for sixty yards and put it in the end zone, like all of a sudden the feel good factors back. They maybe go on and win that game. All right, I'm, I might be clutching at straws as a Bucks fan, but you know that was really early in the game. Evans hauls that one in, and and maybe things change. Um, I I I mean, like I said, I I hope I hope the breakouts around around the corner. Um, I don't know what what our schedule's like, um, but. I think the only thing I'd say for fantasy and Brady is the Bucks look beatable, right? They, they people get putting points on them, even the bloody Panthers put points on them, and Shaq Barrett's just gone down. People are scoring on the Bucks, so we're gonna have to throw a bit. And he's already, yeah. like we said, pass attempts, yards are, are, are up there. So if that touchdown clicks, or if if that piece comes back, um, we're gonna we're gonna be in some some pretty high scoring games because you know that formidable defense of the last two years is banged up and and it's looking beatable now. So um, you know that's good. That's a good uh, uh, combination for fancy, right? You get scored on and then you've got a quarterback who's airing it out. So and if your quarterback's Tom Brady and he's airing it out, if you're gonna pick pick a quarterback that you want to be throwing passes, Tom Brady is still the one that you want. You know, he's still he's still like incredibly accurate. Just maybe that maybe the Bucks wide receivers just and you know, like Rule said, he does miss Gronk. He misses having a tight end that he can hit consistently, yeah. and and the Bucks just don't have one. Okay, moving on from the headlines and into the review of last week's matchups. Uh, first up was me versus Lamb, uh, which which I lost sadly. 198 to 208. Uh, big bounce back performance from from Lamb this week. He had a season low score for him last week. Uh, so obviously his team really responded to to the team talk that he gave them and uh, and put in a solid performance. Really, uh, Foreman was his tent pole. Um, massive, massive 37 points from him, and he obviously got really good play from from Dak and Tyreek as well. Um, for me. Uh, Brian Robinson's performance was really costly, only getting five points from a starting running back. Uh, since he came back, he had like one good game and then um, 
he just seems to have faded out of the offense. And Antonio Gibson, who I bloody cut in the other league because he was he was rubbish, uh, all of a sudden seems to be relevant again. So uh, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I do get the Murchison bonus, uh, which softens the blow a little for me. Um, but, you know, still disappointing to, to lose to Ed. Um, and just looking at my my roster, Swift uh, is is a bit of a concern. Like I kind of have got him as an RB one, but Jamal Williams is getting the majority of the run, getting the touchdowns, getting the goal lines, and uh, so as as good as Swift is, uh, I don't think he's going to be like an RB one for me for the rest of the season. So that's that's my running backs are a little bit of a concern for me at this point. You know, I think that. That Swift, you know, he was just coming back off of injury. They're working him back in into the offense. Or are you are you genuinely concerned that, that Williams? I mean, Williams. Nobody really thought he was going to play a major role in their in their offense preseason. He obviously from the from game one, he he is part of their part of their kind of running back committee. But Swift was getting significant carries and and targets. But I guess it's the targets that you you're looking for really from him and he didn't get them this week. Yeah. And maybe with Hawkinson going out of town, like some of those tight end targets will end up being, you know, dump offs to DeAndre Swift maybe, but yeah, it's, it's not been, it's not been kind of uh, promising really. So we'll see, I guess, but good result for Ed, you know, we're all delighted for him. Well uh, done, Ed. <laughs> moving on to Steve versus Val. Uh, one of you guys is taking this one. I can't remember which one of you. Yeah, Definitely. I've got this one. Yeah, yeah, I've got this one. And and Steve, he edged a close one, didn't he? Um, and he's alive. He's alive and kicking. Um, he's kind of risen at the same pace that that me and Bakes have sunk. So, um, you know, well done, Steve. You're really putting some pressure on us. Fields look great. I think we touched on him in the opening segments, but he's been over 30 points for the second week in a row. Um and we talked about the Cowboys, didn't we? They they stayed in the game um, with the Cowboys. Sorry, we talked about the Bears. They stayed in the game with the Cowboys. And it seems like Chicago are, are starting to think uh, figure things out. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's a good sign for for Fields, but it's good for the NFL. It's good for the Bears. And and you look at his schedule ahead. He gets, you know, Baker talked about the the Miami defense. Despite Alan Chubb, he gets he gets Miami, he gets the Lions, he gets the Falcons next. So Steve's gonna eat the the next three weeks. Um, saddle up, baby. Um, <laughs> his other major contributors, Etn, and then Pollard with the with the the, the hat trick. Um, and then on Val, Val was a little bit unlucky to lose this one. I think you know his embarrassment of riches at running back continues. He didn't quite select the right ones or get the balance right in the flex, you know, between RB and, and wide receiver. So I was a little bit surprised to see him leave Ramondre on the bench with him being a Pats fan. Um, I think he's having a quiet or a sneaky great season so far, um, catching a lot of passes. He's on. He's on. Um, I think his pace is like 68, 70 receptions. Um, but you know, potentially Val's a little bit nervous with with Harris coming back into the fold and, and stealing touches. But it, it looks not like for now that, that the Pats are making Ramondre the guy. So it's another RB one for Val's stable of, of ridiculous <laughs> amount of running backs. Um, please trade us, done, Val. Had had <laughs> Valen selected his maximum points lineup, he would have had. 67 more points than he actually ended up scoring. Now, nobody really ever picks their max lineup. I don't think we've seen it once this season. We've seen a couple that have gone close. 
but that is a really big amount of points to leave on the bench. He's got a great win now team. That like we we joke about it slightly, but we're all really 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 jealous of that running back uh, stable he's got there. Yeah. But we yeah. can be consoled with the fact that the Valen curse will kick in and has already. So uh, right, yeah, and um, he keeps just just before we do move on, um, Val, if you're listening or when you're listening, um, he keeps trying to trade for Kyle Pitts. So just just throw us one of your decent running backs, mate. Not <laughs> yeah, just we'll take McCaffrey. Fab, like you keep trying to trying to yeah. like, catch stop, us stop off guard. Covering us fifty p. We'll take McCaffrey. <laughs> we take the scraps <laughs> from his RB roster. <laughs> Uh, right, yeah. moving on, Franco versus Jake. Uh, it was a whitewash, uh, 139 to 224, uh, largest margin of victory this season. Um, you know, Jake had some great performance this week. We talked about the Rumbler, DeAndre Hopkins coming back from a PED suspension, looking like he's taken a shitload of PEDs. Um, 31 <laughs> points this week, absolutely amazing. That one handed catch, unbelievable. I mean, you've seen Hopkins yeah. do it before, but wow. Incredible stuff. Um, and he got really strong contributions from Cooper, Heineke, Miles Sanders. Um, Andrews was his only down spot, but he got injured. Uh, seems like he's avoided the worst of the injury, but um, I wonder whether he might be a little bit in and out over the next uh, few weeks. Franco just had a really big bye week and injury issues. He had no Zeke, no CEH, Keenan, Juju, Everett. All of those guys were gone. So it was always going to be a struggle. We said that last week. Uh, and some pretty awful performances on top of that made Jake's you know, score really unsafe. What, what, was, what was Franco's score? <laughs> Come on. It was, it was kind of like a standard league score, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was like 139. Yeah, way Mr. way Se- below Miss Mr. Mr. Steady's seriously average. limited. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on that, on that. Maybe that's just karma for what happened. The, the Mika Parsons incident. Right. Yeah, everyone's got to pay. Everyone's got to pay. I love that the Mika Parsons man. score basically pushed Franco back up to 179 points that week, which was just one above his normal average. So <laughs> he <laughs> loves that. He loves that scoring range. But yeah, this week's going to drag his average down massively. Uh, last matchup then, Kyle versus you guys. Uh, yeah, well, so as you said, like not many, not many teams really nail their lineup and get the maximum amount of available points. Well, we got ninety-seven percent of our available points this week, so we couldn't have really done much more. So that was just how bang average our players played this week, and it was. And the thing is, we didn't really have. Like we had a few kind of awful point scores down at sort of like below 10. But like like Rule said earlier, we just we just don't have any of the players that just scored the monster scores, which every other team has. Um, and of course, Kyle has got three of them on his team. And if you include Garrett as well, he you know, over 20 points for your for your defensive players is, is good. So he got 21 points. So, you know, Tua absolutely smashed, like, 36 points for your QB. It's superb. We've already talked about Kamara. He was he was 30, 38 points, practically. Then Chubb, like, on Monday, 27 points. And then if you look, you've got, he kind of got good, solid performances from Hawkinson, Montgomery, Lockett. But then he's got, like, Devontae Adams, 0.2, Kirk, yeah. 9 like Gus Edwards, his other starting running back, got 10. 
So that he just got managed. He managed it of the 200 points. 122 of them came from four players. So, you know, but what that's 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 the way the cookie crumbles. Like our team, just apart from Aaron Jones, who has been looking good over the last few weeks, they seem to actually be starting to use him properly. Um, so we're quite happy about that because, you know, we are lacking in the running back department. And um, and as it has been pointed out many times on the pod. We are Bucks dependent, and when the Bucks don't fire, we don't fire, <laughs> and they didn't, and so we didn't. And yeah, you can't. You, you can look at you can look at our bench, but like I said, there's literally nobody on the bench. Please don't. don't. Please don't look at our bench, anyone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> what do you reckon's going on with? Uh... With the Raiders, then, do you reckon Derek Carr might get benched? I mean, he threw for what was it, 101 yards or something? Terrible I'm benching. Like Who's it who came in? Jarrett Stidham. Stidham. Um, you know, backwards and forwards in another league, we touched on it. You know, I was facing off against Baker and he'd started Carr as a, as a spot start. And um, uh, there was one point where he's like frozen on like 1.8 points. <laughs> and I thought, he's not moved for about 20 minutes. I'll just go have a look. And then I saw that. Um, the backup was getting snapped. Um, but I don't know. I, I haven't been following the Raiders that closely, but it's it started with, you know, Devontae looking like Devontae, didn't it, in the first four weeks and, and kind of things were clicking. I know he had, did he have flu last week? I think it was described as a really heavy flu uh, last week. Um, but it's, they're a funny old team. Um, and I don't think they would chance benching, benching Carr. They're not... They're not um, yeah. That, that's a that's a that's a bit of a wild move, isn't it? I mean, if I had flu, the last thing I'd want to do would be run around and try and get Derek Carr to throw things at me. <laughs> so yeah, because yeah, you know you nothing's going to be thrown you can, well. You can you can see Devontae's problem there. He's like, I just want to lie down and watch box sets, um, <laughs> and there he's got Derek Carr like making him run for passes and like stretch to try and catch them because he's of his inaccuracies uh yeah i don't know he just didn't look he just didn't look bothered that was the that was the thing that you just because i was because i in the league of legends i was invested in i don't normally really pay much attention to Derek Carr, even though i've got him in our other our other dynasty i rarely play him and i was kind of watching what and he just did yeah it was bizarre he just really didn't look asked and yeah putting up a bagel against the saints i think you said it all mate um i don't really pay attention to Derek carr <laughs> i don't even think the, the raiders coaching staff pay that much attention to him or his no. fellow players <laughs> all right but well yeah. it was a it was a good week uh good week overall like i said really good scoring so should we move yes, on congratulations to... kyle <laughs> Said as bitterly as I said about Ed's victory. Yeah, well done. Should we move on to next week's uh, matchup? So you guys can lead off because it's uh, it's me versus you guys. That's three weeks running now. I've had the person that I'm playing the following week, and it's not by design at all. Um, I definitely don't want you the week I've lost to you. So it's better that you know I do it preemptively. <laughs> I guess you guys want to lead off on this one. Tactical, yeah. Let me take this one, Bakes. Um, I love nothing more than facing off against Spike. Um, 
But to be honest, the dynamic is a bit comparable to Bristol City versus Bristol Rovers in terms of uh, fantasy pedigree. Uh, shout out all the gashead listeners. So Spike's got my number. Uh, he's defeated me in both uh, the final championships that he's been in in, in another league. So um, sorry, Bakes, I'm dragging you down with my <laughs> my my stink this week. Um, and to be honest, looking at the projections, if if we both go with the lineups that's in there now, you know, Spike's going to take this one again. There's a 15 point difference at the mo, which is is quite a you know it's a fair old gap to to, to be honest. I know we just had a wild week, but you really need a couple of people to stand up to close that gap. And, and our depth is our downfall. I, I alluded to it earlier, you know, our bench, you know, or our lack of it. Um, and that's a little embarrassing when you look down our bench. Yes, we've lost Penny, Brees, Mike Williams and Debo to injury. Um, so therefore, we're relying on the likes of Brandon Cooks, you know, Benjamin and Alan Robinson to fill in. And, and that's not a good place to be when you're relying on, on those three names. So Spike, for you, I'm hoping you're Quarterbacks have an off day. They've both been a little bit disappointing, if you don't mind me saying. Um, Bur- yeah. That's Burrow and Kyler for, for the listeners. Um, but I am really worried about your receivers. I love Waddle against the Bears. Um, I love the Miami office at the moment. It's so much fun to watch. And I think, you know, they should they should torch the Bears. Um, and AJ Brown against the Texans um, is making me sweat a, a little bit there <laughs> as well. So I... I I'm not usually, I, I'm usually one to stoke the fire a little bit, but actually I'm feeling a bit glum about this week, unfortunately. And, and I just don't see where our breakout game's coming from. Um, uh, and the only, the only weakness I'd potentially pick in your roster um, is, is at running back. And did you check, you traded away Chubb earlier in the year? Did you, yeah. Did you trade away? Yeah, yeah I yeah. traded I mean, him if, to Kyle. I think you'd be in a really strong position if you, if you were sat on him at the moment. But um, yeah, wide receiver is where you get it done, hoping for a, an off day on your quarterbacks. Well, I, the only depth issue I've got is if Darren Waller is again injured, which affects me in, in multiple leagues, um, then I've got to start Adam Trackman, um, which is We're devastating. Uh, yeah, it's basically the same as Adam Trackman, isn't it? Although, you know, Adam Trackman did cause celebration for us at uh, the mighty Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, didn't he, when he went over, what was it? Did we have him for eight yards or something like that in the bet? <laughs> Ridiculous. Was, them, was that at the Spurs Stadium or was, or was that Wembley? Hard to tell the difference, to be honest. They're so similar and so close together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only, only a £70 Uber apart. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm someone to tell you about Ubers from that weekend. <laughs> Oh, right. Um, so moving on, then we've got uh, Ed versus Kyle. Um, I Well, last time I looked, which is about an hour ago, Kyle had not sorted his lineup, so I couldn't actually work out whether he was going to win or not. So I'm not going to comment on Kyle because we put in, you know, effort into doing the podcast. And if he can't even do his fucking lineup, then I'm not going to comment this, on his I've shit. I've just team. had a little. I've just had a little peek, and the only two players in his lineup are Chubb and Schultz and Garrett, who are all on by. Yeah. So, at the moment, he's completely blank. So he's trying yeah. to get in people's yeah. heads, um, but it won't work, Carl. I mean, trying to get an Ed's head is a little bit pointless. Let's be honest. I mean, Kyle's team picks itself because other than his starters, the bench is as shit as ours. <laughs> so who knows who's going to win? I can't, can't project it at the moment, but uh, based on Kyle's uh, attempted whumming and or lack and or lack of effort, um, I hope Ed wins. Moving on, 
Uh, no, he's, put, he's, put a, he's put a lot of effort into taking all of his players out of the Steinlein. Yeah, fair point. So, yeah. yeah, but but put a lot of effort please, into being a, being a pain on. in the ass. Yeah. Next up, on. Steve versus Franco. Uh, yeah. Well, is the comeback glory, Steve's comeback glory, going to continue? It, you know, it's predicted to be very close. I think. I, I think it, it could. Yes, yeah, like one point. Pretty much bang on the nose, one point prediction difference. Um, yes, yeah, so it's a toss up. It's, I think it's definitely running backs versus wide receivers. Steve's running back core has come to the fore in the last few weeks um, with the likes of Walker, Josh Jacobs, obviously, ETN's looking much better. So he, you know, he started the, those. Jacobs aside, he's been pretty solid all season, but obviously Walker wasn't playing to start with. ETN was sharing snaps with Robinson, and Robinson was kicking off in the first few weeks. So that was kind of like the where Steve's poor start has come from. But obviously, in the last few weeks, he's really kind of <clears throat> started to started to motor with his with his running backs. But on the flip side, his wide receivers are kind of quite weak. The ones he's got currently lined up. You know, is Tony going to be scoring loads of points from Kansas City this soon? Probably not. They might be able to scheme him into a few plays. Drake London, the Falcons, I mean, God knows. Who knows? what? Like, the, the Falcons are just, you just cannot. I mean, they're obviously run heavy. Game script seems to matter, not a job. They just they rely on the run. Um, but then, you know, they throw Kyle Pitts for 80 yards and he scores a touchdown and... And the world looked rosy again for a little for, for a while. Um, on Franco's side, obviously he has just picked up um, Don Jackson um, because he didn't have enough running backs because of Chase Edmonds' trade. Um, so he's Is had, that why he's done it? <laughs> he's he's going to have to play Big Don and hope that. Is it? Uh, it, it it's got. It's a speculative ad, isn't it? That Taylor's going to going to sit or or something like that. I know he's a little bit banged up, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, Don Jackson, of course. <laughs> but you know, he's relying. So he's relying on Dalvin and Edward Solaire as his only two startable running backs, other than Big Don. Um, but then you know he's got Diggs, and yeah. Diggs he's got Hurts. Um, Everett could have a good, yeah, like could have a big game with Williams injured and Allen maybe not fit again. He's, he's obviously not. He's obviously not quite right. Um, so they might they might lean on Allen, on um, Everett, but then he's got Allen as well. So, <laughs> uh, and he's all. Yeah, I mean, I think I genuinely think this is going to be is going to be very close. It's good to see that he's as a Raiders fan has got Derek Carr on his bench. He trusts them about as much. As Devontae Adams does, um, yeah, I, th- I genuinely think this is going to be quite a good close matchup, and and it would yeah. be it would be we are undecided as well. I'm undecided as to how I want this to go because obviously well, I I know what you're saying because Steve's putting pressure on us and we could be basement boys, but but I want Steve to win this because I think it throws the league a bit more open. Yeah, I'm leaning to that as well. Yeah, I think Franco Franco's fairly safe at the moment. He's ten and six at the moment, so he could absorb that. He doesn't want to, but he could absorb those those two defeats. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. I mentioned Fields earlier. I think you know, if, if Fields continues that form that that purple patch he's in, um, that might tip tip it for Steve. But um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's great. The thing, uh, Jake, this Murchison bonus point, the thing that it does, you're never quite out of it. You know, it can swing it things very, very quickly. And me and Bakes have had a chat a couple of times about, you know, all right, are we are we now in in a build for a rebuild, build for future? But I, I just, you know, I think it, it's too early to say you're out of it when there's always two two points uh, or two wins up for grabs. Uh, things yeah, can change exactly. very quickly. We're, we're halfway through the season, so you know, three weeks you can get six wins effectively. Yeah, just like we've had six losses. You do the yeah. math. Yeah, you it, it you we, and it. We're not, we're yeah we're not out of it, but I think if you beat a spike, I'll be pissed. I want to get a Jake Murchison. <laughs> I want the Jake Murchison bonus. The problem is everybody else keeps scoring so many points, and our, our bog standard team just can't scrape it together to get up there anymore. We started the season like I mean we have conceded the most amount of points, and yeah. we have we are scoring points on par with everyone else, and we we started the season really well, and we were unlucky I think because we have taken a pace in from people that we've played but yeah it's four teams very very close to each other at, at this point isn't there in terms of points scored and you know um I, I don't think anybody's out of it yet even Steve who was like dead and buried three weeks ago now three wins on the bounce and um you know he's, he's looking good again because some of his players have come in starting lineups when they weren't before yeah I mean Jake's Conceded the least amount in the league, but you can't really knock him because he scored the most as well. So, yeah, yeah. Well, on, on Jake, his matchup versus Valen this week, um, it looks like another win for Jake. To be perfectly honest, that's what the projections will tell you. Two twenty-one to one ninety-six. Bye weeks really bite for Valen. He's having to start Zach Wilson this week. I don't even think the Jets want to start Zach Wilson, and yet Valen's going to have to. Uh, and also, he's only got one tight end at the moment uh, because uh, Greg, big Greg Dolchich is is on a bye. Uh, so his only startable tight end at the moment is Dawson Knox. Said at the start of the season that his tight ends were a problem. Um, Irv Smith is now out. So is Valen going to punt the week and just say, uh, I can't beat Jake? Or is he going to go and pick up some uh, some rogue tight end um, and, and see whether he can he can patch enough points together. Hard to see, you know, where's Jake's going to have a letdown this week. I don't think you can punt the week. As we were just saying in this format, I think you still got to try and hit that median score because you yeah. can be one-on-one, even even if you can't get to Jake's two, two, three, or whatever it is, you know, um, yeah. you got you got to try and beat that median score. I mean, yeah, tight end. I think he's he's still, I've said it before, He's still trying to get that pits trade over the over the over the line. Maybe that's what he thinks he can get done before the weekend. So, so come can, out as well. Come yeah, out as far, but guys... not with your stinky offers that you've been putting in so far. <laughs> I I've not rejected a trade so quickly as I did this morning at about seven a.m. Guys, uh, you know what you, you know what you're going to get. Kyle Pitts and Naeem Hines straight up. Maybe no, three, that was fa- three, was or, three or four fans. That was no. That was this morning. <laughs> I shit you not. He'll put some fab in it. It'd be great. What a deal. No, you've read his mind. That's what happened. <laughs> Bakes, I don't even know if you, because you're not an early, uh, you don't get up so early, but I don't even know if you saw that trade. I did I not see that. Did that actually happen? Yeah, yeah. The, this morning there was a trade that came across. It was nine Himes plus, I can't remember, some insulting amount of fab. Um, oh, but we've already said that we don't want any fab. Like how much fab? We've got about a thousand 
like fab each. And he's like, so we're going to do this in public. Times up this on is like this is like arguing in front of the kids. Are we going to do you this guys? In you guys are really answering no, I'm some, arguing of the, with that. some of the interview like, questions. Stop, stop sending a shitty trade off this. <laughs> don't want fab. We want Barkley or McCaffrey. <laughs> but Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah. aiming high. <laughs> Love it. Okay, moving on to this week's special feature. Uh, the mid-season review, uh, obviously, end of week eight, thought it was a good opportunity for us to have a look at how the league has gone so far. Uh, so, pre-season predictions, checking back in on that. I said at the start of the season that I thought the playoff contenders were going to be Jake, Ed, Val and Franco. And then just outside the playoffs, uh, you guys, Kyle, uh, myself and Steve. So, currently, three of those four playoff positions are correct uh, with Val not being too far back, um, but it's it's kind of like my team that has defied my own expectations and probably uh, overperformed. To be perfectly honest, it's kind of um, thrown out my preseason predictions. But it could have been very different if Val had beaten me uh, a couple of weeks ago and he only lost by two two week, two points that week. Then he could have been in the playoffs and I and I could have been out. Um, and we'll come on to uh, you know where some players have underperformed versus their their maximum points lineups. Uh, at this point in the season, Jake is the team to beat. He's got the most wins, the most points, uh, and he's kind of looking head and shoulders above everyone else at the moment. Um, and then there are four teams within 45 points of each other and very little within the records. I, I think you guys have been really, really unlucky to be where you are. Like you said, you've uh, you've conceded the most points, if if conceding is the, is the right word, but also you've outscored both Franco and Ed, who are both above you in, in the records. And like you said, you've lost the last three. And, and I think that's that's pretty unlucky, to be fair. Rawlins, you're shaking your head. Yeah, it's just when, when he said Franco and Ed, it's like a dagger to the heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess summary at the halfway point, it's all to play for. Steve's on a on a three-game win streak after the trades and the injuries worked out well for him. Uh, I think he's still going to struggle to make the playoffs, um, but the next two games I think will be really, really key. Like you guys said, a lot can happen with that Murchison bonus, but I think next two to three games will really sort out uh, who's who's going to be a real contender. Um, I've been looking at the the kind of how the season has performed versus the predictions that Sleeper makes and the the maximum points available on the week. So Kyle has so far the best performance versus projection. So his team has scored the most points versus Sleeper's projections. He's only 237 points under that projection. Ed has the worst performance being 434 points under the projection. We said earlier that Ed gave his team a good team talk this week, but clearly he's been shit for most of the season uh, and his players are not uh, not, not performing uh, as expected. But the, the sleeper projections, everybody says it, they're pretty crap. They have been wrong at a 60% rate in terms of determining the winner this season. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're not great. Um, max points. Um, so looking at who's done the best, Franco has been the best team selector so far this season. His uh, actual points versus his max points, he's only 183 points in total under his maximum. So that's kind of like not not too bad at all. And uh, would you guys like to guess who is the the worst? Who's the big, league's biggest overthinker, the guy most likely to fuck his lineup up? It's Val. Oh, okay. Has, no, yeah, it's I, I thought you were. You, I thought you were leading us off a cliff. Yeah, I thought you were. But then I was like, no, 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 no. when you said, 
when you dropped in over the thing, um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Okay. By, by a pretty like, comfortable margin. Our lineup because our players are fucking shit. So <laughs> <laughs> there was um there was a message flying around today, wasn't there, about um maybe Val sets up a, a an auto draft next year. I think what'd be more interesting um is if. We we give a an extra place in the league to a Valen auto draft team and see if it beats Valen's <laughs> selected team. Um, so he has like a mini league against an auto draft team. Um, yeah, he's got to break. He's got to break it one day. Um, it's coming, so, Val. It's coming. Interestingly, so the the max points right versus so if everybody had picked their best lineup. Um, then uh, versus what's actually happened. So it's it's quite different to the the sort of projected points. So 72% of the games so far this season have been the same outcome, regardless of whether they picked the team they picked or the maximum projection. So people are, are relatively good at, at picking picking their lineups. That said, Valen and Kyle, had they picked their max maximum points lineups every week, they would have both had three more wins each. So um, that's their team selection has really, really cost them. And uh, we mentioned that earlier with, with Kyle as well. Uh, so, you know, when those guys eventually get their team selections right, they could be contenders, but uh, not right now. Um, highest and lowest. <laughs> you guys are middle of the pack. So I was just, just looking at the, at the statistics. Yeah, you, you guys have done all right so far this season. Yeah. The table would dictate otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, biggest scores, uh, biggest score and lowest score came in the same week. So week two, I scored 235 points that week. Steve scored 115. Poles apart. Um, last couple. So the season for me has been fairly linear. I think the results there's not been really any big clumps of winning and losing with the exception of the last three weeks, but you guys have lost three and Steve's won three. So you guys have had like a bit of a body, body swap or something like that. Um, so, but other than that, it's been kind of like a mix of wins and losses for everybody. Nobody's really gone on, gone on a massive winning run so far. Maybe Jake obviously being top of the league has done really well. So, uh, so I'll shut up now. Cause that was quite the monologue. Um, I thought we could dump, dive into some fantasy surprises and fantasy disappointments so far this season. Um, for me, the surprises, QB emergencies from Fields, Tua, and maybe um, maybe T-Law and, and Vanilla Vic. Both, all of those guys kind of performing above where you would have expected them uh, so far this season. Uh, and and kind of like, I guess the counterpoint to that is is the disappointments of players like Brady and Rogers and, and QBs in general beyond Josh Allen and the and the other big guys. It's been a weird QB season, I think. Yeah, it, it has. I, I had that on the list when I saw this. Um, I think outside of fantasy and in fan, inside of fantasy as well, the LA Rams, like Jesus Christ, like... Super Bowl champs stinking the place out. They just don't let them. So they're they they still got Stafford's still got that hangover that you had when you like pushed that guy off the stage or whatever it was at the end of the, um, <laughs> <laughs> the celebration. But for fantasy purposes, um, a surprise and a disappointment. So we'll answer two questions in one. Uh, Najee for where he's drafted. I think the draft capital that people <laughs> paid up for for Najee yeah. um, has been a a real uh, a sting for those guys. Um, I mean, he's, he's losing snaps now as well to the backup. Is it what is it Warren? I don't even know the guy's name. Yeah, Jalen Warren. Um, 
In terms of surprises at non-fantasy, you know, you talked to Ed about the New York football scene, you know, the Giants and Jets. I think that's that's crazy. I think the league's thrown up some surprising results. Um, like who would have had the Browns to, to take down the Bengals so convincingly, for example, on, on Monday night? Um, and I think... Seahawks. You know, Seahawks. Seahawks. There's, there's so many, there's quite a few surprising results out there. You know, the Bills aside, it does feel quite competitive this year. Um and I'll just finish on answering on, on the biggest disappointments before I, I throw it over to, to Bakes. But um, Brees' injury, um, look, I know that's fantasy kind of linked for me um, and I was big on him, but more for a young guy coming into the league and starting yeah. to look good. I, I feel for him is like a, is a guy trying to make his way. Um, he's really flashed and showed what he could do. Uh, it shows you or reminds you how brutal the life of an NFL player is particularly at running back, but you know, hopefully he makes a full recovery. So disappointing just because he, he just looks so good and, and beyond fantasy, you hope when he does come back that that he can sort of recapture what what he showed in in sort of flashes there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would I would echo the brief comments, obviously, just from our team standpoint, but, you know, he was really just starting to emerge, and you could see that he was like, he is a beast of a running back. Um, so, you know, surprise-wise, like, the, the as Rawl said, the Jets, the Seahawks, just some of the teams that, that don't really, uh, haven't traditionally in the last few years really been talked about, Giants, the, the Dolphins. Um, How good does Gino look, by the way? When you said the Seahawks, like Gino, yeah. it's like it like, was Russ I mean, all Gino, along, wasn't Gino it? Smith it was is... Russ all along that was stinking the place up. <laughs> yeah, and as as has been proven, and you know Russ, I think well Russ is obviously insane. Um, he's been eating one too many danger witches. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think I think disappointments or kind of what's well, a surprise and a disappointment. I'd say the Bengals not, yeah, not relying definitely. on the on the play style of play that got them to the Super Bowl and kind of reverting back to just giving the ball to Mixon to just run a few yards and like just not letting Burrow throw to like the best wide receiver in the league, arguably. Um, yeah, but just bonkers that that happened for so long. And then when they eventually just realised, oh, yeah, we, you know, we just kind of let Burrow throw it and we were winning games, got to the Super Bowl. As soon as they did that, they started winning games and then Chase gets injured. Um, and kind of on the flip side of like wide receivers, like Jefferson just has been a bit of a disappointment. Um, yeah. Jonathan Taylor is, has been a bit of a disappointment, obviously, for Us. the number one pick. Um, yeah, it, I mean, he has been a bust for the number one pick for the amount of like draft capital that that guy like took. He, you know, you are not getting what you paid for with Jonathan Taylor. And then, yeah, the people who were sort of second and third in the drafts, who, especially in redraft leagues, I guess, who were like picking up McCaffrey, Eckler. And then you're going down into kind of like Barkley again. He's like been a really good, like a big surprise. He's just surprising that he's back to to his best. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's really good. I mean, I'm I'm slightly surprised about Tua. I you know he we did dra we drafted. He was a he was a quality college quarterback, and we, we went and got him. And we you know we were tanking for Tua. The whole point was to get him. And yeah, he's been disappointed, but you know, Flores was holding him back quite clearly. 
everybody just says he can't throw. But, I mean, he is an accurate quarterback. He may not have the arm to kind of launch it 70 yards, but, like, you know, he's, he's, he's good. And I like the guy. And I'm, I'm enjoying it. Fantasy MVP for the season so far, chaps. Well, who are you going to say, Spike? Josh Allen. It's the right answer. I mean, um, he's just like he's still the number one QB, and he's at his bye. It's mental. He's on. He's on pace for five thousand three hundred yards or over, forty-six touchdowns. Um, you know, without making this this answer a hat trick amongst us, I'm sure. I'm sure we're probably all there. You know, we, we might talk about some contenders. He might push him towards the end of the year. We might talk about Hurts in a minute. Um, but Allen's pace is is going at a thousand yards more than Hertz at the moment, and double the amount of touchdowns. I know Hertz runs them in. Okay, fair enough. But but like the guy looks great at the moment. Um, you hope he stays healthy. Personally, I'm not a Bills fan. I, I couldn't really care less. But I hope they get over the line this year. He, he deserves it for me. He's looked great for a couple of years. Um, you know, Mahomes is in, is still there or thereabouts. He's in the background. He's doing quite well. Um, but but I'd like to see the Bills get over the line. Um, and just before I throw it over to Baker, I think, you know, on Hurts, he's maturing for the Eagles. Um, they give him AJ Brown. He's proved he can pass it. He's was, he was just supposed to be a mobile quarterback, right? But he's proved he can pass it. Um, and you get anywhere near the goal line, he's lethal. Um, it must be really exciting to be an Eagles fan at the moment. Um, and then it's only ever really a QB conversation as well, but I just wanted to put a couple of names out there, not for MVP, but I think a couple of people, I think Tyreek Hill's elevated to uh, to the next level. I think he's been amazing for the Dolphins. Um, and, and Baker just said it a minute ago on the surprises. I think it's good to see Saquon back doing, doing his thing. So I know those guys won't be in the MVP conversation, but I just want to shout them out because I think they've been, been great so far. Yeah. Really entertaining uh, yeah, to watch. It's, 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 it's Alan by, a country mile surely bakes you're not going to say anyone different no no i mean you can't like alan has just been on a different level to every other player in the league like he's driving that team like but so away sort of away from the court because it's always a quarterback conversation it's you know you it, i don't think anybody can really look anywhere else other than alan <clears throat> but i would like to probably shout out somebody else on the on the Bills, like I think, like Stefan Diggs has had, like an incredible season. Um, you know, he is that he is Allen's number one weapon. But man, that guy just goes up and gets the ball. And um, yeah, he is. He's obviously Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup's Cooper Cup, but he's the only weapon on that team realistically. And so he just gets the ball, and he, he's he is who he is. But I think that Diggs has really been a bit of a surprise this season, and he has taken a kind of He's elevated the build um, and, you know, he's got seven touchdowns for the year. He's sort of, he's, he's like up there with the set. He's the second highest like yardage behind Hill. And you have to, yeah, as a Dolphins fan, you have to kind of throw in Waddle and Hill. As a, as yeah. a wide receiver duo, you know, they are... Just I just think Hill's made Hill's made your team better. He's made two better. He's opened up the field for Waddle. I know Waddle was good last year. He's, when it oh, was yeah. better. He's better than good last year. But I just I thought Hill was all about Mahomes. He was quick and he got the. But like I just think he's made you infinitely better. And yeah, I mean it, we gave a lot up for him, but he was, it was worth it. I like you know he is 
he, there were question marks, obviously, when he came for the amount that we gave up for him and whether or not it was Mahomes that made Hill good or whether it was Hill that made Mahomes good. Now, obviously, Hill didn't make Mahomes good. Mahomes is good um, because he is proving that because he's still in the conversation and is a, he is a QB1 with that, like, roster of mediocrity. I mean, Mah Mahomes is good, but he can't make MVS good. So he's, you know, he's not quite <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He can't make them good, but he can still make them score touchdowns. Nah, you, no, you're, you're right. No, I, I, I think, like... Like I said, I, a little bit similar to Breeze on the human element, right away from the fantasy element. I hope Allen stays fit and like, yeah, I'd love to see him get issues. Think he's been brilliant, and it, I mean it's carried on for like eighteen months, pretty much. I think. Yeah, as a divisional rival, I'm, I I don't want that to happen. But <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, 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 the AFC East is extremely competitive. Annoyingly so. It's like you know we're we're not in a division where like the. Falcons are clear at the top of their division because of the turd that's in their league. <laughs> any uh, any final thoughts on the half season, or if have, uh, have we said it all? Um, not on the season, but on the pod um, last week. I mean, I had to take up running to uh, to to finish the pod. <laughs> I mean, this one's going to drag on a bit as well, isn't it? It's probably going to challenge Ed for that. But like, yeah, Jesus, I had to I had to start taking up jogging to to finish that pod. But um, Ed quoting the height and weight of all players in the last episode was was quite remarkable. Um, I'm I'm <laughs> glad someone else noticed it. Ed, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm Ed gonna was like get... really on it. <laughs> I'm going to try and get the nickname The Taylor going because um, he's just got the measurements of everyone. Um, I've, I've loved the uh, the power rankings uh, type segments that we've done a few weeks. So I know there was the rookie one last week in you know the top 10 and, and Franco's uh, one was great as well. So I, I like those segments in the pod. So I think no general thoughts on the season, but on the, on the pod, it's been a, a really good injection of uh, another layer of fantasy football, which has been really great. That's been fun, hasn't it? Cool. All right. Well, let's close off the half-season review then and finish off with everyone's favourite section, the uh, the interview of the guest, or the guests in this case, uh, crowdsourcing the questions. So got some good ones, uh, most of which I have shared with you guys, so you're prepared. Uh, so first question up. Given that you are in a long-distance relationship at these days, <laughs> um, how has team management affected you? And is this just a case of having a baby to save the marriage? Thanks. <laughs> um, I don't know what you think, but I think not just because of our age, but I see it more like when um, when old couples get a, a joint hobby as you get older, just so you've got something to talk about rather than sit in silence. So I wouldn't liken it to having a child. I would just say, you know, there's old couples you see in a restaurant who don't talk to each other. Um, you know, that's probably me and Baker. And um, now we've got a, a, a hobby to talk about. We've joined, yeah, we've um, just taken up whist. Exactly. Um, I'm, I assume there's a book running somewhere with odds on on how long before Baker moves to to, to Bristol, though, to, to kind of like, you know, make that long distance much, much shorter. It won't be at least for three years. I'm going to find me a fixed mortgage and with house prices well, in the uh, <laughs> rate of inflation. So so there you stuck. go. There's some, there's some inside intel for those betting on that book, which surely exists. Um, <laughs> Much like, um, you know, I don't know if any of you remember, but um, shout out Jack Pike, one of our avid listeners. And um, there was a book running on um, on Jack Pike on how long he would commute from Westbury to London for his Louis V job. So um, <laughs> I, I think 
if there's not a book yet running on Baker moving to Bristol, there should be one started. All right, well, we'll get one started this week unless nobody's told me that there's one running. Um, so carrying on with the theme of uh, you guys and, and how you're running this team, who has the final say in the event of any dispute over lineups, trades, etc.? We haven't actually had a dispute. The, the, Russia, the, the Penny decision was the only one where we were, uh, like, both had a different idea of what, what should happen. And we, we resolved that with a toss of a coin. So, and that's so, the only time. Every, so, every, chance has think, the final say. I like it. Yeah, but, and, but we haven't got to that point again. I think we're pretty, I mean, our team's so mediocre that it kind of picks itself. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the, theoretically speaking, it'd be Baker, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dictate. <laughs> well, I mean, on that point, then, Chris, have you actually heard the end of the Richard Penny debacle? Yeah, I mean, yeah, su- quite surprisingly, maybe to some of you out there, absolutely. Um, look, a, a few things happened. Um, it helped that Brees got a touchdown that night and he didn't get Penny's score, but he didn't disappoint. He, he was, he was, he got uh, up to a decent score. So that helped. Um, then the injuries for both players, which, which we've mentioned, I'm gutted about. So they're both mm-hmm. off the roster now. So there's no kind of like, oh, you know, he's going great guns. He's not type thing. Um, I don't want that. And, with and I, I mean, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd like to kind of put out there that I, in no way did I ever think that Rashad Penny is a, was a better player than Brees at all. Just Brees hadn't really kind of broken out and and the and the Seahawks were playing the Lions. So it was my it was I it was before thought, it was before Brees uh went out. But as we mentioned on the previous pod, the, the, the comedy timing of the whole situation was fantastic. Yeah I mean it worked out perfectly. Yeah what I haven't heard the end of is um uh, you know a little insight to how the Ballings duo get their business done is that that Penny still sits on our IR, IR um, spot sort of hanging around like a genital wall um, and, <laughs> and Baker is insistent that he's going to be necessary next year so I, I don't think we've heard the end of this, um, this loving yeah. um, I'm not so, so sure about him at the end of next year but you know there he is on our IR as much as I wanted to dump him onto waivers um, but but stay tuned next season to, to find out how this one uh, pans out. We've got two IR spots for a reason. Until somebody better, like Kyle Pitts, gets on IR, then, then we, will, <laughs> we will replace him. You could package him in your Kyle Pitts trade to Kyle uh, to, to Valen. <laughs> Val, yeah. <laughs> um, That's what he needs, another running back. What was the biggest tight end blunder? Was it drafting Kyle Pitts this season or Jason Witten in the first? And I am instructed that you are not allowed to mention the Gronk pick later on as mitigation for your Jason Witten pick. Tough shit because no one's here to spot me. Um, Pitts, no question. So the Witten year was the year of the tight end and that's gone down in the record books. Look it up, people. Great article in the Atlantic by Jake, Jake Simpson, written five months after I proclaimed it. It's just a little bit unfortunate in this story, or fortunate, depending on how you like the banter and the, the, the folklore that goes with it, that I picked the wrong tight end uh, in round one. If I'd have picked Gronk in round one instead of round 14, that year he went on to break the touchdown receiving record for, for the position that year. So I love the folklore of the story. I like it getting brought up. It's one of those ones that is like, I don't know, don't big it up, but it's like a top 10 fantasy like faux pas, isn't it? Um, 
But if he'd flipped Gronk with Witten, uh, I may not have looked so silly. Also, I, I did research, I knew this question was coming up. I did, did look <laughs> back on that year. And um, I just wanted to say that I'm Tony Gonzalez. Uh, was fantastic that year at tight end as well. So uh, shout out to Tony <laughs> Gonzalez and the boys. It's just, it's, Jason Witt is not as big a fantasy faux pas as the time you took Anthony McCoy in the second round of one of our other fantasy drafts. Explain why, though. Uh, well, because you thought he was LaShawn McCoy, who'd already <laughs> gone. <laughs> oh, that was one of the best. That was good. You were so happy. You were like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I got Anthony McCoy in the McCoy? second round. And LaShawn McCoy went, like, pick 103. And uh, and I was sat there thinking, oh, my God, it's going to fall to me. It's going to fall to me. And I took him. And it was a tight end, I think, for the Seahawks or something, who nobody ever heard of. Even <laughs> Would have been better day. getting Flaming Steak McCoy. There we are again with the with the tight end. Um, yeah. Yeah. Another, another moment in time, eh? Penultimate question. If you had to pick a different duo to Julia and Evans, who would it be? Go on, Bakes. Um, the Legion of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. I thought it'd be Lamar and Mark Andrews, to be honest. <laughs> I've gone. Um, I've gone. I've gone. Shearer and Sheringham, actually. Um, and my rationale was because um, Baker is left-footed and bold. And um, I'm 41 and still trying to capture my form of, of my early 30s. So that was... <laughs> my... <laughs> oh, that was Euro my... 96. Yeah. What a time to be um, alive. Okay, yeah. final question. This one was not on your prep sheet. So uh, this one comes uh, from a contingent, um, a special group in my heart. It comes from the Rumblers. And the question is, um, Chris, Gary, have... Um, have you forgiven us for the bet that we placed on Derek Henry in the uh, in the AFC Championship game? Well, I, I mean, I have. I'm 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 over it. Uh, I, uh, you should. I'm pretty disappointed you asked this question. I I said before, like, if we're doing this, I said like, I'm not going to talk about the rumble. That's that's fucking bullshit. People are terrible. Chris, has <laughs> uh, he gone? My teammate has, has left the building. Uh, Chris, oh, okay, all right. Well, I I guess we end it there, Baker. Uh, yeah, right. I guess I'm gonna have to text him now to see if he's all right and whether or not he's like in the right headspace for next week's matchups. Thanks right. a lot. Guys. Sorry, sorry, mate. Send, send my apologies. Um, well, un until next week, uh, let's ride. <laughs>